But we are in Ephesians chapter 5. All right, I already read it in your hearing. I'm just going to read one verse for you and give you um, my subject and then give you what God has for us today. Amen. And let you go. Is that all right? Verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 5 says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, a week before last, we dealt with the wives. And I had the men tell the women. Go ahead, you could tell them, tell them again. Look at, look at, you might not be next to me because all the men is out on vacation and doing other things. But anyway, we praying for them. Um, but just act like it. And, and I'm just kidding. Don't act like it. What did I tell you how to tell them, ladies? Oh, you love saying that too. Let's let's tell them, sisters. It's not about you. We dealt with the women and the wives. It's not about you. Now, sisters, I need you to look at a brother and say, apparently, it's not about you either. It is not about you either. He says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Before we go any further, I don't have much for you this morning. just want to kind of, because he don't really got to deal with men like he has to deal with women. <laughs> I'm messing with you already. There are there are four four types of love in the Bible. There's there's four types. Um, I just give you the definition of them so we can know where we're going now. One of these they kind of combined with one. So a lot of times we think it's three types of loves because one of the loves actually corresponds and it's pretty similar to a certain type. So the first type of love is eros, right? From where you get the word erotic, okay? And it refers to a physical or a sexual type of love, all right? Eros. The word is used in the Greek and it's not found in the pages of New Testament, but the concept of physical love, however, is expressed in the context of marriage. And it's found and affirmed in First um, Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, right? And then the Old Testament, if you were to look at the, and read the Song of Solomon, it is a poem and a letter to his wife, his beloved. And that speaks to erotic type of love, eros. That's physical or sexual love. Then the next type of love is, is phileos, right? Phileos. And that means friendship, brotherly love. We get the word Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. 
and it deals with friendships or family relationships. It has an example in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, to indicate the love for a father or a mother or a son or a daughter. But it's also used of Jesus' love for his friend Lazarus. When you talk about phileo, it's also the love that is expressed toward his disciples. Right, so when you're talking about your friends and you, your friend people you hang out, that's a phileo, that's a brotherly type of love. It's a love that we're supposed to have for one another in the church, a brotherly type of love that we are to treat um, sisters as our sisters. We ought to look at you, you shouldn't be coming to church in hopes and looking for a man. You should be looking for a brother. If, 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 I'm going to help you this morning. Amen. And that's the type of love that we're supposed to have. The other word that is tied into phileos is storge, which means family devotion. All right. It's not a common word, but it's in Romans chapter 12, 10. It's compounded with phileos. It can be translated devoted. Storge is devoted. It's a it's a type of love you're supposed to have for um, whatever you say you love. In a marriage relationship, you're supposed to be devoted to one person. You you're supposed to be devoted. If you if you're a member of a church, you're supposed to be devoted to that one family, right? That's why you know when you, back in the day, I don't know about now, but you know you there were certain families that had a whole bunch of brothers and sisters, right? You knew you wasn't messing with them brothers because it's like a hundred of them. So you start dealing with them, you're going to have their whole family at different than now, not so much, but that's that type of love. And then you get agape. That's, that's the God love. That's the sacrificial, unconditional love of God. Agape. All right. It's a word that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's, that is, you know, an unconditional love that he could love sinners, that he loves people who are not what they are supposed to be, quote unquote, because I got news for you. You are what you're supposed to be, but you're not yet what he created you to be. That's a little bit deep for now, but agape love, all right? So that why is that important, Pastor? It's important because when he tells husbands, I preached last week, I could teach this week. When he tells husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, he's telling the man that he is supposed to agape his wife. He is supposed to love her in such a way that he gives himself for her, all right? And the purpose is so that he may sanctify and cleanse. It says, it uses the adjective it, but it should be her, so that he can cleanse her by the washing of the water of the word. So a husband must know the word of God. Because if the husband doesn't know the word of God, he can't wash her. Okay, which means the words that comes out of a husband's mouth should edify and build up his mate. When a man doesn't know the word of God, then other words flow over the woman. 
Women are very much affected by words. Okay. I'm getting some of y'all. I'm going to get y'all all in a minute. And the reason why this is important is because he has to present it to himself, a glorious church. Now, a lot of times we read this scripture and we think it's talking about Jesus, but it's not talking about Jesus. It's talking about the husband. And now he's referring to the woman as a church. Because I'm, I'm supposed to be able to present it to myself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that it should be holy and without blemish. He's not dealing with the church here. He's dealing with the relationship between husband and wife. He's saying that the husband should be able to wash his wife in the word that she is like, she looks like the church is intended to be. So the first pastor that a man is, is to his wife. If the wife doesn't look like the church, then the church don't look like the church. Oh, my God. See, see, the types of love, it's not enough. That's why, women, you can't get married because of sex. Because that's eros. And eros is not going to carry a marriage. That just feeds your flesh. Oh, you've been there. Come on. Huh? Let's talk this next level minute. You've been in a relationship. You got in an argument. Y'all was about to break up. And then all of a sudden he brought you a little something. And then y'all had that makeup. And it made you feel good for a moment. Like everything was going to be all right. But it was just surface. And when you woke up from your slumber. Brotherly love isn't going to work in that relationship because as a woman, you want devoted love. You want agape love. It's not enough for me to treat every woman like I treat my wife. My wife has to feel special. So it can't be the brotherly or sisterly love that I give to everybody. Otherwise, she won't feel special. I'm going somewhere. So I have to be willing to give myself for it now. Now, that doesn't just mean that I go to the door and I'm willing to take a bullet for my wife. That's not what that means. That means I'm willing to lay myself down at the altar of whatever may transpire from me building up the church. Oh, that, that, that means I can't step back and just let whatever happens, happens. Otherwise, I'm going to walk into a messed up church. The thing that messed Adam up is the serpent talked to the church. And Adam ate the same thing. So he wasn't willing to give himself. Oh, y'all catching me. 
So there are certain types of love that, that go with this man. I'm, I'm going to help you. The type of love that God gave to the church was a stubborn love. Write that down. You, when, when, you're, when you're looking, you're not even supposed to be looking for a man. I'm so for this woman, this, this ain't even for you. So it says when a man finds a wife. So women, you just need to just stop looking. If you look for Jesus, then the man will find you. So you're not supposed to be looking for a man. You're supposed to be looking for Jesus. Unto him who is the author and the finisher of my faith. Let the man find you. Okay. But when you see him, here are some identifying factors. There are, there's a stubborn love that God gave to his church. See, Jesus won't ever leave his bride. He says, behold, in Matthew 28, 20, I am always with you to the end of the age. So his love for the wife is based not on performance, but on covenant. Stubborn love is not based. See, men, it doesn't matter if she cooks or not. You still got to love her. It doesn't matter if y'all better come on. It, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, you still got to love her. It's a stubborn love. It's, it's a love that says if, if she start packing her bags and say, I'm out of here. I ain't taking it no more. Then I'm going to pull my luggage out and I'm going to pack and I'm say, you're right. I ain't taking it no more. I'm going with you. It's, it's stubborn because Jesus won't let us go. He comes after us. Sisters, don't leave me out here by myself. But y'all love being sought after. Listen. Thank God for deliverance. Dude could be as ugly as dirt. If he keep coming after you, I'm not talking about stalking creepy type stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, he he start giving you flowers and start leaving notes and start buying you dinner and buy, buying you lunch and just saying, hey, and you look nice and just keep, just you're everywhere. You look, you're going to be like, oh, okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing. Mm-hmm. Stubborn love. That's what Jesus does. He, God does. He stubborn love. Not only that, man, hopeful love. You got to have a hopeful love. See, when Jesus looks at a bride, he sees her as already sanctified through process. So when you're loving your wife, you're loving her with hope. Now, she ain't not going to beat me up. When me and first lady got married, she couldn't cook much. But I knew her mother could cook. So I knew the anointing wasn't far. And I was hopeful that ge that Geneva anointing would fall. And look at God, look at God, look at God. God told me to stop cooking. You got to know how to do it, man. I'm trying to help you. Just stop cooking. You got to buy some 
out. You got to go out and eat. Sometimes you got to eat and say it's good and go to McDonald's after. Whatever you got to do. To keep hope alive. That's the trick for never going shopping. I don't like going grocery shopping. So she won't let me come anymore. There was a time, you know, you want you, come with me. So I just start throwing all type of stuff in the carriage. Random stuff. No, you can't come with me tomorrow, no more. Cause the, yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to be spending this much when you come. No, stay home. All right, so anyway, that was just a treat. You got to have a pursuing love. Jesus never takes a break from pursuing the heart of his wife. He's always after. He's a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. So the, the love that a husband has for his wife is a pursuing love. Now, that all ties into the first three, two I gave you. Here's the one that we get lost on. It's a forgiving love. He, you got to give your wife grace even when she doesn't deserve it. Jesus. That's reconciliation. That's don't go, go to sleep. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Never go to bed angry. The, there's certain things you never say. I'm, you know, I know this. Y'all peeping into married couples class, but get, don't worry about it. Now, if you're not married, it's okay. Help your sisters out help, because this is all going to apply at the end. Don't get lost because you're saying I ain't married because I'm really going to blow your mind in a, in a minute. Just stay with me. A forgiving love. And men have a problem forgiving. I ain't gonna get too many amens. Preach, pastor, preach. Men have a hard time forgiving. Because I know women are stackers, but little do you know, men are too. Men can stack. Well, you did that to me. You hurt me over there, and I haven't healed from that. That's why we encourage couples to deal with your issues. Talk, talk, no matter what you got to go through, because you need to come through that area, because if not, them bricks will destroy your home. And men who are unforgiving, we're going to get there in a minute. Not only that, you got to have a joyful love. You got to be happy with your love. Now, joyful doesn't mean happy. Joyful is not happiness. Joy, joy has nothing to do with happiness well I'm leaving him because I'm not happy I don't want her no more she don't make me happy you, you got me you wrong you messed up nobody ever promised you were going to be happy oh my god y'all figuring out y'all ain't ready for marriage now ain't you <laughs> it, see you, you, you don't just put up with your wife you don't just deal with it. But you got to have a, a joyful. See, joy means I have a peace within because I'm trusting God that if I'm operating the way God wants me to operate, I can have peace. And peace and joy are tied together. You can't have joy without peace. A lot of men don't want to go home because there's no peace. And then you got to have a serving love. She's not called to serve you. You're called to serve her. Oh. 
Laying down your life is service. There's no other form of service. My wife knows I'll die for my family. She don't have a problem cooking for somebody that'll die. So you have to understand these things. You have serving love, a sanctifying love, a leading love. Lead your house. A lot of women don't want to be led. You don't want to be married. And that's okay. Know you. If you are the type that do not want to, listen, let God lead you. I don't want no man lead. Everybody is not anointed to be married. And if you're single, you got to understand that's an anointing. And if you've been divorced, that's not a curse. I.e., I've been divorced. You have to learn. I got married at the wrong time and for the wrong reasons. And to the wrong one. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But you learn. Somebody say, I learned. I learned. But you got to be, if you're going to be in a union, you got to know that the man is called to lead. And men, you have to lead. We have too many men who will not lead. Which brings me to my final love and then we're going to move. You got to have a correcting love. If you're not willing to confront and correct, then you're not moving in your position. There are so many men who allow whatever to happen because they don't want to confront. But God said he chastens those who he loves. Now, that don't mean you're going to lay in your head. I'm going to get there. That don't mean you beat no women. That don't mean you get prayer. No, but if your wife is moving in a wrong vein, Adam should have corrected Eve. He should have said, no, you did the wrong thing. I ain't got no part of this. But I don't know what Eve looked like or what that situation was. Because I ain't in their marriage. Somebody say, mind your business. Because we always want to talk about what you would have did if you was Adam and Eve. But you wasn't in their marriage. <laughs> that was real good. But you got to be willing to know this, this ain't going in the right vein. Let me Before I'm just going to move in anything that you suggest or say, I, we need to go and... And I tell men, don't major in the minors. I ain't going to fight my wife over what she want to paint the house, what furniture she want to put in the backyard. Or the, listen, we're not having them talk. I'm not going to prayer for paint. You can paint this joker green and purple. I know I'm colorblind. It's all going to look good to me anyway. I lived in a jail cell and in a shelter. It ain't going to matter to me. <laughs> I ain't hard to please. <laughs> How funny it is, man, when we was living in a one-room efficiency with that family dollar furniture. <laughs> 
and then you get married and you got suggestions. She can decorate, I'll direct. Y'all not going to get with me this morning. But, the, but you got to be willing, if there are issues that are going on that are affecting you, your destiny, and your family, you got to correct. You got to be willing to listen, no, I, I, this is something I'm got, I got to lay down for. Y'all not going to say nothing. So he says, when you do that, you're, you're treating, it's like the church. It's the same thing that a pastor does with the church. You love, you pursue, you call people who aren't here. You're the same thing members should be doing if you're a brother and a sister. You haven't seen your sister, you should be pursuing her with that phileos love. You should be calling where you at, can I pray for you, what's going on? A pursuing love, a knowing love, a correcting love. Y'all not going to say nothing. That's what it has to be. And then he says this, so men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself, for no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourished, cherish it, even as the Lord the church, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. Now, this speaks to women who have experienced or may be in abuse. And men that are abusers. Now, Men who abuse women don't love themselves. So if you want to heal domestic violence, right? We must first identify the place of trauma in the man. And, and, and I'm talking to men because he's talking to husbands, but there are some women who abuse men who are afraid to speak out because there's a, a man. God doesn't condone either one. That was the problem in my first marriage. She was wild. She breaks stuff and then want to throw stuff in. And then I'm like, I ain't hitting you. I'm going to jail. So that she would be yelling and riffing all up. And, I, and we was in the projects. She'd be yelling and riffing. And nobody could hear my voice because of my, the way my voice is. So they knew she was crazy because they never heard me say anything back to her. I have gotten heated in situations with sisters, but I've never gotten to the place where I would ever hit a woman. You cannot, if you love yourself, you can't abuse your flesh is it's a place, it speaks to a place of trauma. And a lot of people grew up when, in houses where they've had to experience the trauma of domestic violence. And that's no place to be. We pray for you. But sisters and brother, if a woman ever or a man ever, ever, ever touch you, you need to go. If the brother or the sister doesn't get the help they need, it, it is not a good situation. And they will think it's love. You never hear anybody saying they killed somebody they like. It was love. Because love is as strong as hate. Right. 
And it doesn't even have to be physical. Your words. Things you say. Because the MO is to break you down so little that they don't even have to touch you. So if you already have low self-esteem and you already don't know who you are in Christ, you can be brought up and brought down by any man. Somebody say, wake up. No man ever hated his own flesh. And that's why I know it's abuse because most people who are caught in that situation, if that man does something to the extreme of killing somebody, they will kill themselves right after because they do not love themselves. Watch out for those things. And women are women are builders up just by by the DNA. And you, oh, I can fix him. It's gonna change. And you just don't know. He's so nice. And he, he it's just this that if they got rid of that, and you you don't understand. And okay, we don't understand. I understand when I'm burying you. Now. Since it's this quiet, let's see if we can get some. Somebody say amen. Breathe. Amen. <sighs> Exhale. Yeah, that's good. For this cause, for the cause of being in, united with the husband, with the wife, and treating her like the church, for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they become one flesh. Doesn't mean they have one mind, it just means they are one in purpose. Right? That's the Trinity. You understand the Trinity? We understand that me, though we are one, we are very different. Right? So now watch this. This is very good. I'm about to say something. Men, watch the words that are coming out my mouth. It does not make you a man when you move out out of the house. Y'all ready for the next part of that statement? You become a man when you move out of your mother and father's system. A lot of people get married and the problem and one of the key things and problems in divorce and why they want to separate is because they'll say, I married you. I didn't marry your mother. So why is your mother in our house? And they didn't even move in the house. But everything you do and the system that you operate by got to be by mama. When you married me, you left your mother and your father's house. Ooh. I have never told my mother about anything that me and my wife go through. Never. That's my mother and that's my father. I can't disrespect. It's not disrespect. It's disrespect to your husband when you bring that in the house. It's disrespect to your wife when you want her to be your mother. 
Ooh. Ooh. Mama's boy. Some women want to be mother. And listen, I I don't care how wicked and trifling your parents were. If your husband or your wife don't respect them, there's a problem. Now, I respect them. I love them. They can visit, but they got to go. Y'all ain't gotta say. Y'all ain't gotta say that. No, I'm gonna stay right here for about two more minutes. Yes, I am. Can I get a cord? Cause I feels like preaching. Grandparents, stop talking to your children's kids without talking to their parents. Cause you got suggestions, but we got to live with consequences. And just cause you think they should have something, if mama and daddy say it ain't time, you don't even need to bring it up. I'm gonna say something. Oh, I'm gonna say something. Because now the man feel like he got to go with it because your parents said it and he don't want no problems with you or the parents. But your pastor, I'm going to leave it alone. I ain't got no problem. I have told multiple family members to mind their business. Alana is not your child. I don't care if you aunt, cousin, brother, y'all better help me up in here. That is my daughter, and y'all, she, no, DeAndre is not your son. So though you may love him and have the best interest, I pray fast and pay for him. got to lead the system. So a lot of people are looking, well, he got his own place. That means he could, no, 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 no. Just because he got his own place don't mean nothing. Is it his own place? Oh, help me up in here. Did I ever tell y'all the story about when first lady told me no when I asked her to marry me the first time? That's right. I ain't never tell y'all that story. I thought I had it going on. I just had God ordained to be a minister. I was living in my own place. I brought a little dust. I said, you know what? It's time, you know. Will you marry me? She said, no. Mm-mm. You ain't ready for this. I'm, 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 I'm prephrasing, but that's what I heard in the know. <laughs> you ain't ready. So I said, oh, now I could have been like, you know what? Forget you. I'll go get somebody else. All these hungry sisters out here. Y'all not going to say nothing. But I knew God said that. She was my help me. So I said, okay, what has to happen in order for it to be a yes? And I got the list. 
the to-do list, Deborah's list of what had to be in place and moving in my life if she was going to say yes. So what did I do? I put the list in prayer and said, God, we got to make this thing happen. Y'all not call, say nothing. What? Because I'm going to pursue this because you put it in my heart to pursue it. Yes, I checked off everything and some. Then came back and said, how about now? And as you can see, it had to be a yes. Y'all better help me. Sisters, you got a right. Because just because I had my own little car and was preaching the word and had my little apartment, there was some stuff that still was not in order. I was not yet a man, even though I was doing man things. Y'all not going to say nothing because I had kids that I still needed relationships to be healed that uh, I still had to have a process going through. And men, you got to get some stuff in your life and make it moving and in order before you think you're going to ask for God's daughter's hand in marriage. Just because you got a little job, just because you've been a little bit something for a little while, there are some things. Oh. Next level, sisters, I'm trying to raise some standards. I got, I'm raising daughters up in here that can't just know Negro coming here with a polyester suit and a driving a little car, talking about he got a job, talking about you, my wife. The devil is a lie. Some of y'all don't even know they go to church. So what they not doing in their father's house, they not going to do in your house. Oh. So as I close, he says, this is a great mystery. Mysteries cost some. Mysteries don't get revealed immediately. But he says, I speak concerning Christ in the church. Uh-oh. Nevertheless, each one of you in particular so love his wife as himself and see that the wife reverence and respect her husband. Look at this. This is so awesome. Now, here I told you I was going to say something. going to blow your mind. The marriage union is a mirror of Christ and the church. So if you don't love Christ, you don't know how to love and respect the church. So you can't mirror that in your union. Whatever your relationship is to the Lord is what it's going to look like in your house. This is why homosexual marriage is such a violation. Because it doesn't look like Christ in the church. Oh. When it does, we see the family prosper. It's all about family union, unit. That's why the enemy is after the union and the covenant of marriage. Because it looks like the church, what Christ died for. What Christ gave him, I'm going to say something real deep. Now, the, the, the gay pride movement uses a rainbow as its symbol. When God uses the rainbow as a covenant that he wouldn't destroy the nation. That's not by accident. The enemy is coming after the covenant. 
Well, you can't tell me who I could love. I, uh, listen, I love my brother. I love Trevor. I love Steve. I love Deacon Derek. I love Andrew. I love Rich. I love Diamante. And I love Jeremiah. I love Kurt. I love baby Steve. I ain't trying to sleep with not near one of them. I don't even want to share a bunk with you. I'll sleep on the floor. You sleep in the bed. I don't want nothing happening. You can love who you want to love. But homosexuality speaks to sex. They can get on me all they want, be speaking truth up in here. It is what it is. That ain't, ain't nobody scared. Listen, if we can't talk, we gotta talk truth. God can deliver. I ain't, I ain't saying you going to hell, but uh, but you gotta know that there's a problem. Well, God, no. But if you don't call it what God calls it, then you in trouble. And so you coming against the covenant of what God created. So you gotta say you don't believe in God in order to operate in that. Ooh. One of the worst violations that could happen is somebody trying to get married so they could think they would prove that they are no longer homosexuality. It, it is a great indictment that you would marry a woman and she would find out later you gay. She would rather you find out you sleeping with another woman than sleeping with another man. Is, is this too deep for a Sunday morning service? So at the end of the day, when we say it's not about us, it's not about the wife, it's not about the husband, it's not about making everybody happy and all this other stuff. It's about pleasing God. It's about looking like he does. And when you do that and you bring it together, it's a beautiful thing because it is a picture of the Trinity because the two become one, but we can't do it without the other one. Marriage cannot stay together without the Holy Spirit. And so, sisters, you need to know how to love church. You need to know how to not, 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 um, not fool around or mess around with anybody that's messing with your church relationship. Because that that's that's what it is. That is it's no different than me being married to my wife and saying I want to spend all my time with my boy. She's gonna get jealous. God is a jealous God. And all he asking for is a Sunday afternoon. Come give me worship, praise, and that, you know, let me know you still love me. You still think about me. After all, I gave myself for the church. You know, my, I'm just, I'm not asking you to die. I'm asking you to give a couple of hours for the, y'all not going to say nothing. I knew they was going to be quiet, but that's all he's asking for. A two-hour date. That's all he asking for once a week that you would show him how much he love you, you and you love him so that he can continue to pay your bills all during the week so that he continue 
continue to pursue you when you're running out there and acting a fool and he can come get you so that he can heal your body when you get sick. Y'all not going to say nothing because that's what a husband does. He takes care of his wife and Jesus takes care of his bride. So if you take care of your... Ain't Jesus a good husband? Now, he ain't in the bed with you, so don't be talking about, I don't need him, but Jesus is my covers. Jesus ain't no covers. No, he ain't no covers. He, he could comfort you. But he ain't no covers. You just alone in the bed. That's all that is. Just ask God to strengthen you and comfort you. Because a lot of you just out of control. Come on in. As you are tapping on the door. As they left, they left. They got scared. Come on in the room. Go ahead, scam. Go open the door and see who it is. Trevor, go. You big. Just bust out the door. Go ahead. Come on in the room. We see you. You want to come in the door. You just saying the alphabets on the door. Talk to us. All right. Hallelujah. All right. That's all the Holy Spirit wanted to say for the day. Can we stand? All right, now we're going to deal with the kids. I know y'all ready for me to deal with these kids. But anyway, he had to deal with the husband and the wife because that's the foundation. We got to get that right. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. As. That don't mean you love the church more than the wife. Because that's a whole nother problem. They always in church. As sisters, if you married and you're doing more for the church than your husband, fix it. Fix it. Ain't that right, Pat? I'm back. Fix it. You cooking for the church but won't cook for him? You making stuff for the pastor and tell him he better figure it out. <laughs> that must be over there in that room. Why, why Rich, Rich just stood up and started shouting, Lord, have mercy. Lord, Andrew, Lord, Jesus. I don't know what he's standing for. They ain't married, so you might sit back down till y'all figure it out. She, she's supposed to be doing more for me than you. Sit down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> No, God is good. Amen. Give God praise for truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We pray that you would bless the unions. We pray that you would bless and strengthen singles. Father, help us to understand truth and how we should be walking in relationships with one another and with those who are outside these walls. We thank you, God, that you cover us and that you have a plan for us. Some are waiting for a, a husband. I pray, Father, for my sisters and my daughters in the faith that you would send them. 
because they got to come to Next Level Ministry. So I pray that they will get on evangelism real fast so they can get some men in here because if they got to wait for DeAndre or Christian, they going to be about 90 years old. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, help us. And, Father, for those who are content in their singleness, help them to be content. Help them to continue to serve and be the light in the midst, serving you and loving you that you called them to be. Give them peace. Paul was single. He said, I wish that you were like I so that you could serve Christ. It is, there is an anointing. There is a special anointing on those who are single. So, Father, I pray that you would comfort and heal hearts and help us as men to be the mirror image of what you called us to be. We thank you for all these things. Cover us as we go throughout this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Grace and peace.